Damian Lillard win the three-point contest and the All-Star Game MVP. How would you describe just his confidence right now in a Bucks uniform? He's hooping. <laughs> He's just hooping. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I love spring training games. I love listening. I love watching when we're lucky enough to get one of the spring training games on TV. And when we're lucky enough for the Bally Sports Wisconsin app to actually <laughs> to actually work. I love spring training. And I bet you do as well. I think we can all agree and understand on some level that spring training games also kind of suck. Because you, you go into them, you're so excited. And then the players that you want to see play, you know, they play three innings and then they get pulled and then you're looking around thinking, what are we, uh, hmm, what are we doing here? Should we, should we get a beer? Should we get, now still world's better than summer league in the NBA. Cause the NBA, you don't even get the first couple of minutes. Remember last summer when we had a matchup between what would have been, or maybe this would have been two summers ago, the game where the thunder played the magic and it was billed as Palo versus Chet. And then, like, neither team played either guy. And we're like, what do we even... Why do we even have Summer League if we're not going to play... There's, like, three people every year at Summer League that fans actually want to watch. And they never even play them. So, baseball's got the NBA beaten in that regard, I guess. But still, it's by the end of the game. It's like, all right, we can wrap this up. We can we can get to the Wisco Sports Show. We can, uh, <laughs> we can get on to what's next. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Just starting the... The celebration a little bit late tonight because the Brewers are on the radio. And I'm not complaining because, again, I love when the Brewers are on the radio. Get to hear the voice of Jeff Levering, of course, alongside his producer and engineer, Ken Sommerfeld, live at American Family Fields of Phoenix. They played the Reds. I was excited to, at the very least, listen and follow along. Freelick, Churio, Weimer hitting one, three, and four today. They combined for zero. Actually, Churio did have a hit. I take it back. Uh, but with Freelick and Weimer, I want to start tonight's show. Is it time to panic? 608-321-1670. No, before we have to break pretty quickly here again at 5 o'clock, I, I do want to talk about the Brewers. We're going to talk Bucks in hour number two. Justin Garcia is going to be here. The Bucks have come out of the gates after the All-Star break looking awesome. Uh, and there's plenty of reason to be excited about the Bucks. And I want to talk a lot about that coming up. To, to quickly talk about this Brewer game and to talk about this day in Brewers fandom, really good story came out earlier today from Jack Stern, who you might follow on Twitter. Really good Brewers content, always. And basically wrote this long piece kind of summarizing the Brewers offseason, recapping the offseason to this point, and, and a little bit of a tip cap, a little bit of an endorsement for the job that Matt Arnold did. Right. And I think this is important for us to understand as we watch these spring training games and we get ready for opening day a little bit over a month, about a month. I know their home opener is April 2nd. They got a series with the Mets. That makes sense. Uh, whenever possible, when you're playing games in late March, absolutely do it in a northern city an outside stadium. Well done, baseball. That's how I would have planned it as well. As we get ready for opening day, I think it's important to realize the offseason that we just went through because the Brewers MO, right, their their order of operations is to just sustain right? It's to make the playoffs as often as possible to just keep the, keep the window open, never all the way open, but never all the way closed. Bites at the apple. That's what David Stern said, right? Make the playoffs as many times as possible. And one of these years, things are going to fall your way. This off season demanded the Brewers go all in or take a step back. And most people thought the Brewers would take a step back. Right, because Burns is coming up on a new deal. Adamas, Williams, Woody, all coming up on the end of their contracts. They dealt Mark Canna. The team's getting younger, and everyone thought, well, you got to write out these contracts for one more year, go all in, or got to trade them all away, one or the other. You got to go all in, or you got to take a step back. And today I was thinking about this and reading the work of Jack Stern, and I was reminded of this very famous scene from Suits that is referenced throughout the series, and it's Mike and Harvey discussing the idea that what you do when you have a gun to your head and you only have two options, you get shot or you give the person what they want. Very similar. Let's be honest. A little bit of a gun to the head of Matt Arnold this offseason. You go all in or you tear it all down. 
right? Well, remember, Harvey says there is more than one option when someone has a gun to your head. I, I went and pulled the clip from the show. Great show. I told you that I did not have a choice. Oh, because he had a gun to your head. Yes. And what are your choices if someone puts a gun to your head? What are you talking about? You do what they say or they shoot you. Wrong. You take the gun or you pull out a bigger one or you call their bluff or you do any one of 146 other things. If you can't think for yourself, maybe you aren't cut out for this. So I, first of all, the music, can we appreciate the music being played in the background, which completely like changes like how I perceive and how I hear that scene. The idea that even when you think that you only have two choices and you're living in a situation of extremes, you maybe have more than one choice. And I think that Matt Arnold had a gun to his head and he said, well, I'm going to sign Reese Hoskins and Gary Sanchez. Okay. I'm going to retain Adams. I'm going to deal Burns. Good balance. Right? We could lose Willie Adamas for nothing. We can't lose Willie Adamas and Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns for nothing. So you're going to lose some guys for nothing, but you got to return for Corbin Burns. Yeah, the Brewers lost some elite pitching, but I'm, I'm going to remind you of this throughout these, these next couple of weeks leading up to the season as we're kind of setting expectations and figuring out how we're supposed to feel about this team. It's not like they got 30 starts from Brandon Woodruff last year in 2023. Well, this year you're without Woody. You're mostly without Woody last summer too. Now you've lost Burns, but I still think their pitching staff is very good. And now the offense isn't a massive liability. Last year, it was one of the worst batting orders, one of the worst offenses in baseball, let alone uh, among a group of contenders in the playoffs, right? Now, in theory, the Brewers could keep doing this season what they've been doing. Float right along. Not too good. Not too bad. Get into the postseason. And this year, I think they have an honest to goodness chance. Their pitching isn't as elite well, their bullpen's just as good, but their offense is way, way, way better. And I just thought, and this was a great piece by Jack Stern, and I, I wanted to reiterate the sentiment where it's like this offseason, it seemed that the Brewers only had two options. They could go all in for one more year, or they could tear it down and start over. And the Brewers found a way to remain the Brewers. All right, we're going to move off of Corbin Burns, who's probably played his best ball. Certainly for the cost, he's played his best ball. We're going to add a little power, subtract a little here, add a little here. And what seemed like an offseason with only two options, Matt Arnold took that gun. He turned it around. He said, oh, I'm going to sign Reese Hoskins, Gary Sanchez, and we're going to keep doing our Brewers thing. Very excited for the season. Game today wasn't as exciting as I hoped, but got to see Jack Cheerio get a hit. Entertaining enough. Spring training baseball warms you up, right? Our number two, Wisco Sports Show. Stick with me. We'll be right back. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Got off to a little bit of a late start tonight. That's fine. Just gave me more time to prepare. You know, gave me more time to grind and write out my takes. And practice. I have a mirror in the studio. I was practicing all my takes before the before the show started. Just more time to grind. That's how I. That's how I like it. Brewers played the Reds this afternoon, and spring training is always fun until you get to like the sixth inning, and it's like, who are these guys? But basically, the sixth inning and on in a spring training game. That's what summer league is all the time. Summer league sucks, and I would love to go to Vegas for a week and watch summer league games. Like, don't get me wrong. But I always have this idea in my mind. It's like, oh, we're going to see all the top prospects. The teams don't play them because they're scared of getting them hurt. Which is, by the way, so perfect for the way the NBA works. You're 18. You just got drafted. You join an NBA team. It's time to go to summer league. And what's the the first experience of the NBA? Well, you don't have to play basketball because of of course. And I don't mean to badmouth the NBA. I'm actually really starting to dig into the NBA now for the first couple of months of the season where they were pretty mid, not just for the Bucs, but it's been a pretty mid NBA season so far. And I'm the purveyor, the host, the, the proprietor of the NBA lounge. So if I'm saying it, you know, I like, I, I wouldn't blow smoke up your butt. What, what, what motivation do I have to throw shade at the NBA? Unless I am just, I'm telling the truth. I wouldn't lie to you. This NBA season's been mid. It brings me no joy, but it has been. But like this morning, I listened to Bill Simmons podcast for the first time in a while. I've been digging in and watching the bucks the last couple of nights couple Matt Nay games this weekend. Uh, Nuggets Warriors was really good. So we're getting down to that time. Justin Garcia 
going to be here at 5.30, Bucks Radio Network. I like listening to his post-game show. Haven't heard from Dick in Port Washington the last couple of shows. At least I didn't when I, maybe I missed, I'd never miss a call from Dick. Old Dick and PW. A, a legend of the Eastern Wisconsin sports talk radio game, Dick in Port Washington. I'll, I'll ask Justin. Make sure Dick is okay. He'll join us in about a half hour. We can talk Brewers in the meantime. I have some Bucks takes for you as well. We have one hour, so let's make the most of it. 608-321-167. Let's take a call or two. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, Grant. It's Clemhead Mike. Clemhead, you, you, sound, uh, you sound gravelly. Is everything okay? Did you lose your voice? Oh, I've been really, really, really sick for about the last five days. Um, hearing your voice today, though, cheers me up a bit. Um, you know, I, even this morning, I still had a temperature of 100. So, yeah, I've been I've been really feeling crummy. So, Did you go I sit outside, sit in the sun, get some fresh air. It's beautiful outside. Yeah, I can't even walk up the stairs. I'm stuck down the man cave all day today. Yeah. So. Well, I'm sorry um, to hear that. Did you get to listen to the Brewer game at least? Well, I don't pay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little pissed. Don't they know the power of Grant Bills? Why did they start this game an hour earlier? Are they are they stupid? <laughs> Program, poor programming decision, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> no lie. I don't pay much attention to preseason anything. In the NFL, I watch the, like, the first quarter and a half. I just want to see some starters. Good. I don't watch. Because remember the year the Lions went 0-16. They were 4-0 in the preseason, so it means nothing. You like um, to avoid. You don't like to get any mis- misconceptions about anything. You don't, you don't want. It's rat poison to your brain. Good for you. Absolutely, well put. Yeah, that's. Uh, but I did watch some of the Brewers game yesterday because, believe it or not, it was on. It was on locally channel eighteen, ABC. And the uh, Bre- the Brewers or the Bucks? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the Bucks. <laughs> I, I'm not thinking very well. No, this is your um, flu game. I got Bucks, it. You're all good. Um, it, maybe it's just me, but uh, it seemed like when Giannis was on the bench, the Bucks seemed to hustle a little more. They were more involved. Do they, when Giannis is in the game, do they just kind of stand around a lot more and expect him to make things happen? I, hmm. I just get that feeling that um, they expect him to be to do everything, and they just kind of stand around the perimeter a lot and want him to create. And uh, maybe it's just me; it just seems that way. Though I don't watch a lot of NBA, so I'll defer to you, and because you're way more of an expert in NBA than I am, but I just kind of get that feeling. It is a difficult balance to strike as a role player, right? Because you don't want to step on the star player's toes, but with good reason. Like, Pat Connaughton shouldn't be messing around and costing Giannis opportunities, but especially when you're, like, a spot-up shooter, Mike. Like, if I'm positioning behind the three-point line and waiting for the ball, that's kind of what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait for my opportunity. There, There is a balance totally that needs to be struck. When you are a, a role player and there's one star player on the floor, I think totally you know, role players fall into that trap all the time. So what you saw probably, you probably saw it correctly. That's just a balance that Giannis and Dame have to strike. And, you know, without Chris Middleton out there, that that contrast is a little more stark, whereas Middleton's kind of a nice middle ground player. He's not on Giannis and Dame's level, but he, you know, carries a little bit more cachet than Malik Beasley or Pat Connaughton. So so you you ideally you want a spectrum from elite superstar all the way down to role player. And I think with Chris Hurt, that that balance, it can be lost a little bit. But I remember watching some uh, part of one of the Brewers or Bucks games last year, and Giannis was inside doing what he does, and there was four guys, even the seven footer Brooke Lopez, mm-hmm. all standing around the perimeter. They're just standing there, mm-hmm. like, "Come on, you guys, get in there, crash the boards a little, help them out," you know. <laughs> well, I think they've figured I, out the the board crashing a little bit better, Mike. You get some rest, okay? I'm I'm sorry you had to wait for the show. I'm I'm sorry that you're feeling under the weather. It was nice to hear from you. I'm I'm calling the Brewers, man. Next time you schedule your game an hour earlier, dang it. <laughs> Let him hear it. Okay. I appreciate you, Mike. Feel better, okay? Thank you, Grant. Yeah, you Bye. Clemhead Mike up in Chippewa Falls. No, totally. That's an issue in the NBA because you have these players. They're three and D players, right? They stand around the three point line. They catch and shoot. And then on the other end, they play defense. Uh, Malik Beasley is is just the three. There's no defense with Malik Beasley, but he's been shooting like an absolute flamethrower the last couple of weeks, so you'll accept it. I think Chris Middleton is that nice connective tissue between Damon Giannis and everybody else. And Brooke Lopez to some extent, too, but Brooke Lopez is a little bit of a unique role as a big man where he's not flying all over the floor off ball. He'll be a floor spacer as a three-point, a spot-up three-point shooter, but he is not cutting Right, at least not with the intensity and the speed and the frequency of some of these other guys. So, Clemhead, you're absolutely right that that's a balance that superstar and role player need to strike. There's one reason that I'm really excited about the Bucks right now, and you know, we tipped our cap to Matt Arnold before that last break. I got to tip my cap to John Horst 
who has been under fire by some fans. It's like, wait, if this doesn't work, do we need to talk about John Horst? I actually think what John Horst has done the last couple weeks has been brilliant. And he's pulled off something in the NBA that's really difficult to pull off. We'll talk about that. But first, we're going to take one more call. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. How you doing on this lovely Monday? Hey, Cone. I am well. I, I don't know if you know. I know you're in Phoenix, uh, but it is absolutely beautiful in Wisconsin. I wore a T-shirt to work today. It's 60. Wow. Very nice. I know. Not too bad. This is how you live all the time. Well, at least this time of year. This is summer, you live on the surface of the sun, which I am not envious of. But it's, I mean, it's beautiful. Vibes are high. I, I'm feeling warmed up just by the presence of spring training baseball. I am a 10 out of 10 today. Awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, like, kind of a pretty low-key weekend sports-wise. Um, not much, you know, really to cover on a Monday um, other than, I guess, storm court or court storming and college yeah. basketball seems to be talk of the day do you have a take on that i like i think it's a dumb topic but if i have to listen to everyone else talk about it then i'm going to say my piece as well we're going to do that in a few minutes yeah yeah i think it is kind of a dumb topic too like you know let the kids storm the court after a big game if you if you don't want to have the kids storm just win that's as simple as that and the player getting hurt you know i thought he kind of leaned into it he kind of shoved the kids so, you know, come up and you get your come up and you reap what you sow. So I don't feel, and you know, why are we defending Duke? Who is ever going to feel bad for a Duke basketball exactly. player? Exactly. Exactly. We're not going to fight. This is what Ben Kenny was tweeting last night. We can't fight Duke's battles for them, right? We cannot take up arms and call our banners to fight a battle for Duke of all school. Like, no. And John Shire after the game, like, I know he's not Coach K, but he might as well be. Like, that was so whiny. He's like, when are we going to do something about this? I don't know. Tell your kids to get off the floor. That was the one thing. Like, Kalen Clark, I, we don't need to lump this in with the Kalen Clark incident. Just with what happened with Duke, he's just lollygagging. He's just moping around the court. Like, dude, run to the bench. You know the court is about to get stormed. Do you think that Jay Billis take is too extreme about arresting all the college kids that, that do st- storm the court yeah it's ridiculous i have to play seeing you reference it i gotta play that when our call is done i think that was the worst take of the day jay billis who i actually think jay billis is a really good analyst but sometimes he just grandstands about the ncaa and i'm like yeah we jay nobody likes the the ncaa like you are not superman for calling them out and sometimes he goes on these rants it's like oh but he basically suggested yeah cone that uh we'll just let him storm the court and then detain them or arrest them, cite them if, if you want to. It's like, okay, yeah, let's do that to a 1,000 college kids. That's a great idea. You know, maybe we, we get, you know, Jay Billis into this administration and see what he can do there. About the about the border? Is that what you mean? I'm just throwing around ideas. I You're mean, just, it is an election year. Just spitballing? Uh, special appointee to border security, Jay Billis. Just det- Just detain all of them. Every single one. You could probably hold them in a in a basketball arena. It would be a good good place. I don't want to talk about it. I can't do border security. It was a good joke, but I'm not. we can't go any farther with this. No, I know. I don't want to either. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of uh, spring training baseball, kind of like what Clem Head Mike was saying, and, and hope he is feeling better. He did sound like he was he's gone through it, but yeah, doesn't do much for me, really. I mean, it's a fun atmosphere. Bring your kids. Get get out of the the cold winter. Come down to the Cactus League, but other than that, you know, the games don't do much for me. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different ballpark. Like that's that is your run of the mill Wisconsin spring break, right? You take a week and you go to Arizona. You go on some hikes. You go to see some baseball games, and then you fly back, right? They're like that's what we do, and I it's a great time. I'm going to do a little bit of that next week. But if you're watching on TV, like it's not, it's the same as summer league. Like you might see a player that, you know, for a couple of minutes and that's, that's probably about it. Yeah. You can definitely tell when it's spring training season down here, I was doing some hikes this weekend and you know, everyone's wearing their, their baseball gear, supporting their fandom. And I got to say Brewers fans rep the Milwaukee Brewers logo more than any other fan base. I see. I mean, I see it all the time. Maybe we're just, you know, built different. We're just, we have that pride for our team that other teams don't, but Wisconsin people in general love to wear their logos in other states, yeah. and I love that. Well, we're born a brewer. It's part of me. It's part of you, right? It's it's not it, something we chose. It was part of Craig Council, too. I wonder if he wears Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers gear like when he goes to Cabo or something. Oh, my God. All right, Cohen, I got to move on. I, I want to play this Jay Billis audio, and then we'll get back to the Bucks after we take a break here.
right. Thanks, Grant. Have a good one. Appreciate you, Cone. See you. Cone roller. Uh, yeah, the the previously mentioned, the aforementioned, is that the correct use of that word? Uh, this is the J-Bill's take from first take this morning. The graphic, by the way, says court storm conundrum. Should court storming be banned? If you missed what happened, Wake Forest beat Duke. Um, and I like I saw people like nitpicking this. It's like, well, uh, Wake Forest was favored in the game. But yeah, I mean, it's still Duke. And you're knocking off Duke who's ranked. And I don't believe that Wake Forest was ranked. And you're at home. Like, shut up. You know what I mean? Why are you? What do you you want? You want every fan to pull out the DraftKings app and check the line before storming the court? Like it's college. Let the kids have fun. It's a big win. So this is Jay Billis's impassioned plea to the NCAA or school. I don't know who he's pleading, uh, but he is pleading. He's this is a classic Jay Billis plead. Uh, This is the the audio, the take the cone roller just mentioned. And but the truth is, nothing's going to change. Now we're going to talk about it. It's going to go away. And nothing's going to change. And if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it tomorrow. Uh, the, the, the administrators will tell you that uh, security experts tell them that it's not, it's not a good idea to try to stop the court storming, that that could cause more problems than it would solve. But you don't have to stop the court storming. One time, all you have to do is once they're on the court, don't let them off. Just, just say you're all detained and give them all citations or arrest them if you want to. And then court stormings will stop the next day. Um, there's no accountability for this. It, 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 the fans feel like it's an entitlement, and the universities like it, and the truth is we like it. Now, one last thing on this. So I'm just going to cut it off there. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Just to rust them all. Hey, actually, I have an idea. If, if they wanted to stop court stormings, we could stop it tomorrow. Okay, here's what you do. You let all the kids storm the court, and then when they're out there celebrating their team's big win, enjoying life as a college student, you surround the court with cops, and you just shoot them all in the head. No one will ever storm storm a court again. What are we doing? Why do we even care that much? And also, I don't know this to be true, but I would bet my last dollar that that Duke player was a Kyle Filipowski. He's fine. He's fine. I saw yesterday there was a sprained ankle. I saw today it's a knee injury. Let's get our story straight on what injury we're exaggerating to to, to help get sympathy here. Okay? He's he's fine. Dollars to donuts, he's fine. And get off the court. This, this kid moved with the intensity of a college kid crossing a, a crosswalk on his way to class. You, you ever driven around UWO Claire? You ever been around there in the in nine o'clock in the morning when kids are walking to class? You ever in lacrosse? Have you ever driven down West Ave when kids are crossing Badger Street at nine nine thirty in the morning? I mean, they I've never seen a human move slower. That that's how slow this Duke player was moving. Well, he didn't have a chance to get off the court. Maybe not. I would have liked to see him try though, like make an attempt, move swiftly towards the bench. You know it's coming. I th- th- there's this idea, and Bill brought this up earlier today. I'm I'm not sure that I agree that players storming the court are looking to like start altercations with players i i think for the most part they're they're just wanting to run on the court and celebrate now if if like in this instance the duke player is lollygagging and shoving fans well then maybe but i don't think they're running out there like looking to talk smack in the face of a player they're just looking to run out there and celebrate am i the only one that still believes in youthful innocence when did the innocence end in this country when was the end of the innocence to quote don henley who i saw was in court today i knew nothing about this Court case, some long lost Hotel California lyrics that were like stolen or misplaced. And I also learned today that Don Henley was arrested in 1981 with like a 16 year old prostitute. Never knew that one. So I learned a lot today. But when did the when was the end of the innocence with college kids? Why? Why is everyone going nuts? College is supposed to be fun. Let the kids be kids. Why don't you just arrest them all? Okay, okay, Jay. Yeah, you go write tickets. Go go put on a uniform. Go write those tickets. See if people people take you seriously three minutes we're going to come back and before we get to justin garcia i want to tip my cap to john horse john horse has taken a lot of flack from bucks fans because of some of these moves the coaching carousel that the team has endured the last six seven eight months however long it's been since adrian griffin was hired i actually think john horse is sneaky done a really smart thing and i don't know if it was on purpose i don't know if it was his scheme or or if it's a happy accident that a lot of these moves that he's made have ended up in a place that I really like. I need to explain more, so I'm just going to take the break because anything else I say, it's not going to make sense. Three minutes, we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. 
This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Excited. Here in about 10 minutes, 10, 12, 15 minutes. Our friend Justin Jackstraw Garcia, Bucks Radio Network. You hear him on the Locked On Bucks podcast as well. I love when he joins Dave Kane home games on the broadcast as the color commentator. Dave Kane, by the way, lit it up on the Bill Michaels show earlier today. Dave Kane, tip my cap. We're, we're tipping caps a lot today. We tipped our cap to Matt Arnold. About to tip my cap to John Horst. Tip my cap to Dave Kane. A lot of play-by-play guys, they're very stuffy. They're very formal. And he throw rainbows down the right side. High and deep touchdown. You know, they're very, very scripted and formal. Not all play-by-play guys can let it hang out and have a casual conversation and talk as an analyst. Dave Kane, Dave Kane was great. He was on a 12:30 day. So if you go back, Bill Michaels show podcast will be hour number three. Dave Kane, great friend of the network, as is Justin Garcia, who's going to join us in just a little bit. We're talking about the job that Matt Arnold did this off season and the tightrope that he walked. The situation said. Basically, the situation for the Brewers said you can either go all into win this year by retaining Corbin Burns, Willie Adamas, Brandon Woodruff, all, all for one more year and then lose him for nothing. Or you can tear it down and start over at square one. Those were the two obvious choices. The offseason, it seemed for the Brewers, would have to be one of those two choices. And Matt Arnold said, oh, no, we're going to go get Reese Hoskins and Gary Sanchez. And we're going to extend Devin Williams. And we're going we're gonna to non-tender Brandon Woodruff. We're going to bring him back. Now, we're going to trade Corbin Burns, but we're going to get back some players that we think can help us very soon, if not right away, in D.L. Hall and Joey Ortiz. Perfect. Perfect, perfect offseason. Really difficult offseason to perform. Really, really difficult balance to strike. And Matt Arnold did it. I want to give credit to John Horst, okay? This Bucks team has seen as much upheaval and as much change as they've seen maybe since 2018 combined right And 2018 is kind of kind of the beginning of this era of bucks basketball when coach bud got to town and Giannis first started to look like a guy who could win an mvp and the bucks are the one seed and it was right and they were within an inch or two from the the nba finals in 2018 and then they lost to heat and then of course in year three with bud they win the title after adding drew but you know from 18 to this last summer when Bud was let go, really the only change, significant change to the roster was swapping out Eric Bledsoe for Drew Holiday. And there were picks exchanged as well and players on the periphery. And you could say, well, George Hill was added and subtracted like three times. Okay, yeah, but I'm talking about significant changes. The group of Drew and Giannis and Brooke and Chris was together really the whole time. Now, Drew was added late, but Chris... Giannis, Brooke, all together. Coach Bud was there. Very similar system. Pat Connaughton was there the whole time. Uh, and Bobby Portis was there. Like, all these guys have been here. This is not a team that's gone through lots of changes. This is not a LeBron team where we've added and subtracted at every trade deadline and flopped and swapped in every offseason. It's been a very static organization, really, since they arrived as title contenders in 2018-2019. Not a lot has changed. However, this offseason and into this season, so much changed. Drew Holiday was swapped for Damian Lillard, and they became more of, in theory, an offensive team, rather a defensive team. Brand new head coach. Then they get another new head coach, <laughs> right? Right, Like a, a, a team that's used to continuity. This is not an, an upheaval-filled team over the last couple of years. And, and a little bit of that is clunky. Right. And, and and John Horst kind of had to navigate through that as a general manager. But but this Bucks team now, as I look at them now, is filled with guys who all have an edge and all have something to prove. Doc Rivers has something to prove. Bobby Portis said that the first week that Doc showed up, Bobby said it'll be nice to be coached by somebody with something to prove. Damian Lillard, who hasn't won a title, has something to prove. Pat Beverly now has something to prove. This is a team that won a title two years ago. It's easy for a team post-title to rest on their laurels a little bit, to take a little bit easier, to not fight and scratch and claw for every single win and every opportunity at a title or at a ring because they already won one. That's human nature. 
But some of these changes, the coach has something to prove. The second star now has something to prove. Some bench players with attitude have something to prove. This is what got me thinking earlier today. Pat Beverly, he does a podcast. I believe Richard Jefferson was his guest, and I had to edit out some swear words. But Pat Beverly and Damian Lillard, historically, when they both played in the West, they beefed. Right There was that moment where Damian Lillard told Pat Beverly, I want to beat your ass, which I guess crosses a line. Uh, I like that's something that I, you know, say to friends kind of casually, but it, it was not in a casual way. Listen to what Pat Beverly says. He's kind of telling a story here of when he got to Milwaukee, he got to know Damian Lillard a little bit. They've had some conversations. Just listen to this. I've never had a player in my history of my career that I ever beef with, had smoke with, defended well, said he wanted to whip my ass. Dame was the first? Dame was the first. To walk into a locker room with him and to be on a mission to do something I've never done before, he's never done before, win an NBA championship. We go to Bobby Porter's birthday party. Dame goes, uh, what's up, Pat? Man, this is two games after we done played with him. What's up, Dan? You right? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, we need to sit down and talk. Uh, let's just go have dinner. You know, I like that. But just the point of, like, saying that, right? Because I ain't saying that. You know prideful? Saying? Not prideful, but you don't tell Coleone you go beat his no, ass. No, th- that's not pride. That That's like, you said those remarks. Now, if I came to you right. and I said, listen, I'm going to whoop your ass, you don't need to come up to me and be like, hey, we need to talk. talk. And mind you. He sees me now, right? He sees me as uh, as player, co-worker. New perspective. Like, damn, they show him a lot of love in this bitch. Damn, Pat get a lot of respect in this bitch. Like, you feel me? He sees me in a, in, in, in a light that he hasn't seen me in before. I tell Dan, uh, Dan, all those 40-foot shots that you shoot, when we skeleton offense, you got to shoot that so the team can see it, right? Because I've been on teams with Kawhi and PG where they shoot 19 shots a game and get to the playoff, they shoot 27. All the role players looking like, man, y'all fucking gunning. No, they're not gunning. They're doing what they're supposed to do, 25 shot attempts a game. So I go, damn, man, those 40-foot shots, when you run your offense with you and Giannis, you got to shoot that. The team needs you to shoot that. Why? Because we need to see if you miss, how the fuck we go rebound. And we need to react off of that. We need to be able to react off that. Mm. Damn, Pat, I never look at it that way. You got to, bro. Like, I look at the game, I don't what what we got going on. I'm trying to win championship, bro. All the bad shots, shoot them in practice. See, with Giannis and Drew and Chris and Brooke, you know, the two years after the title, look, I thought the best Bucks team that I've seen was the year they lost to the Celtics and Chris Middleton got hurt. And you don't, you don't often, when a team wins a championship, it's not often in the year they're supposed to win the championship, right? The Bucks probably shouldn't have beaten the Nets, probably should have beat the Celtics. And these things balance out. The next year against the Celtics and then last year against the Heat between Bud and Drew and Chris and Giannis and Brooke. This is a team that's made all their money, won their championships, won their awards. Right. They've got they've got families. They've got kids. They've got lives. And it's easy to, you know, maybe be a little bit more relaxed when that's the case. Now the coach has something to prove. Pat Beverly, Damian Lillard. There's guys with something to prove now on this roster. I just think that's really, really important. I think P.J. Tucker served that purpose for the Bucks in 2020, 2021. I think you need guys who are really hungry and a little bit nuts. And I, weirdly, I'm now a Pat Beverly fan, I guess. Let's take a five-minute break. Maybe Justin Garcia can talk me off this ledge. He'd be like, oh, let's, let's take it easy on Pat Bev. Just, just a little bit. Five minutes, we'll be back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Short show tonight. So I appreciate all of you bearing with that. We'll have time to take more calls tomorrow. Cone did say back towards five o'clock, it was a pretty uneventful weekend. And so not a lot to react to and not a lot to talk about. So this is a good day to have a shorter show. A lot going on with our Milwaukee Bucks. And you heard the song Tennessee Jed. We welcome in our our guy, Justin Garcia. Justin, Tennessee Jed Garcia, his favorite song always. Justin, how are you? Welcome. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm good. Uh, The joke, of course, being that Justin... All very much dislikes that song and always reminds me, but that just makes well, me no, want to play it more. I so I like the version that Levon Helm did like what, ten years ago and that last solo album that he did just before he passed. I like that version, but 
Yeah, the dead versions just never resonated with me. You are our jam band correspondent. On that subject, I do have a jam band thing I need to tell you. We can do that at the end. The Bucks are 2-0 out of the break. And Justin, I hate being this guy because I, it's so lazy and it's cheap. When people look at our league, the NBA, and they say, the season doesn't start until Christmas. The season doesn't start until after the All-Star game. And I hate to be this guy, but for this Bucks team... And for Bucks fans, for the sanity of our, but like maybe we should just think of this as the start of the season. Like I'm telling myself, they're two and zero, and I'm forgetting everything else. And I see you nodding. Like that's actually kind of a reasonable way to think about this team this year. I mean, that's how I, I guess, choose to look at it. Yeah. Um, especially because you know everything that we had pointed to throughout the year, uh, and like I was as guilty of this as anyone when you well look at the numbers since November third when they they moved Brooke Lopez. All of those just shifted because before you knew it, those numbers since November 3rd didn't matter anymore. The defense was in the bottom 10. Um, you you can look at, well, once the coaching change happened, but I think you and I talked about this. It was three games, and um, it, it really felt like preseason games where you knew, like, something else is coming here. Let's just get through this healthy. Mm-hmm. Um and even the road trip games and everything else, it was an incredibly tough schedule. Doc Rivers was just kind of thrown into it on the fly. And I think they had one actual practice and two or three days off between all of that uh, tough schedule, all of it on the road. Even those last few games at home, I get the disappointment with that that heat loss. It was night two of a back-to-back. The Grizzlies loss, I, I mean, ordinarily you could explain it in that, look, it's always tough to to keep teams focused in your final game before they know I got a week long break here. I'm, maybe I'm going to Cabo. Who knows? Uh, but the Bucks unfortunately didn't afford themselves any slack there with the way that they have been playing. You just knew we have to see it coming out of the All Star break. Like we'll grant you some leeway here, and granted that was a very small portion of Bucks fans, but we got to see it coming out of the break. And so far, you have. So they're two and zero. With the win at Minnesota, which was super impressive, the way they put the hammer down in the third quarter. And then they took care of business against the Sixers. I understand there's no Embiid, but, like, guys, we don't know what to expect. Time after time, we've watched the Bucks this year. Like, I'm not going to turn my nose up at a win in Philadelphia matinee uh, on Sunday afternoon. Who knows if Giannis even got his nap in. That's always a concern when they're playing that time of day, too. Um, the Doc Rivers part of this, uh, I, I, I saw Giannis's comments where he basically said, and this was in his conversation with Eric Name, where he basically said, we have an adult, we don't have to worry about this, that, and the other thing. That, to me, was more about maybe what they were lacking under Adrian Griffin. And we've talked about that, where it's like, we, we've we figured out the easy things. Like, are we going to defend in transition, or are we going to rebound offensively? Just basic things. What have you seen basketball-wise from Doc? What has he stabilized? What is Giannis talking about when he says that? I mean, he's he's stabilized everything really but I I think the big thing is they have structure and I think they've used that word I think Dame and Giannis have both used that but there's a structure in place now that before and I I don't mean this to pile on Adrian Griffin but none of that was there and he was clearly learning on the fly I mean it was his first time as a head coach at any level and I think that's what kind of raised a lot of eyebrows when the Bucks made that hire is this is a team with their window and where they are. They they just don't have any time to waste. So that was the interesting part. Um, but, you know, rebounding especially, it didn't really seem like there was a, this is how we're going to attack. And, and Doc Rivers made the point too of, you know, when he took over, he asked guys, what's the identity? And they couldn't come up with an answer. I mean, rebounding is is one of the easiest ones to really point out where, Doc mentioned just the other day, I think it was before the Heat game, you know, I love Damian Lillard, but I don't need Damian Lillard crashing the offensive glass. And and we would look at film where we had guys that were behind the three-point line that were trying to go get offensive rebounds when you're thinking, what are we doing here? I think the big thing he's done is he's talked about, I I don't want to bombard the guys. Um, They still haven't really, you know, this isn't Doc's system. They're kind of layering stuff in. But I think the big thing is they've set the expectations and put in guidelines. And it's basically been a lot of, look, we're not going to do this. And before, we never really got any clear communication. I remember talking about it with Eric Name 
about early in the season when you're thinking about some of those rebounding issues. And, you know, I don't know that there is a strategy here where you knew under Bud, we're not going to crash on the offensive glass. We're getting back in transition. And you would see two guys doing one thing, two guys doing something completely different. One guy thinking, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. And I think that's been the big thing is Doc has just come in and said, okay, we're not going to do this. We're going to start to do some things. But in the meantime, just don't do this. And we'll start to boost the rest of the numbers and we'll be fine. Structure, right? I, and and I talked about this, uh, might have been with Jake Fisher of Yahoo, and he had some reporting about this when it originally went down, kind of back before the trade deadline. It's like an NBA coach has to strike a balance between structure, rigidity. We have an identity in our program. We know our core principles. The balance between that and we can make adjustments and we can be versatile and malleable and all the words that start getting said on every podcast, you know, when April and, and May get started. I don't know that Adrian Griffin had either. He definitely didn't have the structure and to navigate a, an 82 game regular season with adults making millions of dollars. You, you need the structure of the program day to day. They were obviously lacking that Justin Garcia here. You can hear him on the Bucks broadcast, the lockdown Bucks podcast as well. Um, Bobby Portis. I want to ask you about Bobby. Uh, my take throughout the season has been they need him to contribute on some level to win a title. Like, I think some Bucks fans are like, glue him to the bench or trade him. I, I don't think they can afford to never play him or trade him for nothing. They don't have enough good bench players. They don't. Have, they need something from him. What have you seen the last couple of games, and, and what's the path forward for Bobby contributing and, and helping this team win a title like he did just two years ago? Yeah, I mean... I think the the interesting part about Bobby is there's been a lot of inconsistency. It's not just him. It's It's been with the whole team. Um, but, you know, I, I think for he and Pat Connaughton, because Pat's another guy that totally. has certainly taken some arrows throughout the season, but then you, you kind of look at the numbers and think, you know what, I didn't realize he was shooting the ball that well. The big thing with Pat is he's not shooting it at as high of a volume. He's been more of a facilitator this year. For Bobby... I do believe part of the inconsistency, and this doesn't really uh, answer your question for what we've seen differently in these last two games, but I, I do believe a lot of that inconsistency, especially recently, has to do with the absence of Chris Middleton because, you know, Chris was so vital to that second unit. He was the bridge between the bench and the starters, and and people have kind of, you know, derided the Bucks bench of, man, this bench is it's not good. It's not producing it's not intended to be one of the top scoring bets in the league. It's similar to the years under bud where your second unit just needs to come in there, make plays. Don't give up the lead. You got Giannis and Dame and Chris Middleton went healthy in the starting lineup. You don't need scoring from the bench, but Chris was the guy oftentimes that would play with the second unit. And he was basically your de facto backup point guard. He was the guy that was, getting people organized and in place and facilitating and scoring a lot with that second unit. But, you know, as, as much good as Pat Beverly has brought in his what, six or seven games with the team, that's not his game. I mean, he is a point guard and he can organize, but Chris Middleton was the guy that was organizing and getting everything set up. And I think that's what Bobby has really missed. He can score. He needs somebody to get the ball to him though. He's not a guy that's going to create on his own and you haven't had Chris Middleton. So I, I think that's part of the inconsistency. The biggest part with Bobby is, you know, you know what to expect for the most part in home games. It's been the inconsistency coming on the road. And it's very encouraging that he's looked as good as he has in two road games coming out of the all-star break. They need something from him. Again, I know a lot of Bucks fans and I, you know, fan is short for fanatic. But a lot of Bucks fans are like, he shouldn't play at all, or they should trade him for what? You you can't take pennies on the dollar for Bobby Portis. You just don't have no. enough assets. You don't have enough good players. You can't do it. Well, and the the reality is he's incredibly valuable, too. Like, when you look up and down the roster, and, and you know, one of the reasons why Bucks fans, I think, were calling for and, and plugging into the trade machine of, well, if we sent out Bobby Portis, we could get this incredible wing defender because he has the same contract. Bobby has value across the league, and that's part of why you would hear his name come up. You go back to the Mavericks of, hey, we'll give you Grant Williams for Bobby Portis, and even the Bucks smartly said, I mean, no, we're going to need <laughs> no th no thank more you. than that. It's yeah, so he, he has value, and I think we've certainly seen that in the postseason. He is a guy that, you know, he's not a seven-footer. He's not a rim protector, 
But at this point, for all intents and purposes, he's their backup five, and he's a guy that can play that four five. You saw in Philadelphia especially, he still has that ability to knock down shots, and that's needed, especially when you get into the postseason. So big picture question. I know you love stuff like this. When Doc got to Milwaukee, Bobby Portis said, it'll be nice to have a coach with something to prove. And I kind of filed that away. Not that Bud didn't have anything to prove, but Doc has taken a lot of slings and arrows, as did Bud. But it's been a long time since Doc's won at a high level and and been in NBA Finals, obviously, with Boston. And then they get Pat Beverly. And he's talking on a podcast the other day with Richard Jefferson. I'm Me and Dame are looking to do something that we've never done before, win a championship. I know that this is not a team over the years. (laughs) Do you see where I'm going with it? Do you see where I'm going with this? This is not a team that's dealt with a lot of upheaval over the years. This season has been a whirlwind. But we've ended up now with a place. There are some voices on this team who weren't around for the title run. Maybe have that hunger, maybe a little edge. Like, am I am I barking up the right tree here? Am I am I sniffing the the right smell, or is this a, a big nothing burger? And I'm just I'm trying to to make sense of things through like Bucks colored glasses. I do think it's it is a factor in that you know this team. Stale is probably the wrong word to use, but somewhere along those lines, if it's been the same group, they won a title, Mm -hmm. they developed this consistency, they set the standard, you knew what to expect every single year. They made their money, and they all had families, and this is something you've brought up before, this is the human side of players that you see. Yeah, and it, you know, it's same old, same old is it, it comes off worse than I intended to, but you kind of got into that comfort zone. And now, you know, that, that, I mean, that was a big part of 2021 when you looked at, okay, we got to change things. We have to mix things up. We thought you were bringing in two new starters. You just got one, but Drew Holiday was a big part of that. Bobby Portis was a big part of that. The changes that they made and you bring in DJ Augustine, it led to uh, PJ Tucker. So bringing in some of those new faces and guys that were hungry for a championship is a big part of it. Damian Lillard is that, um, the Doc Rivers points, I've talked about this with a few other people as well. You know, Doc has been very quick to dismiss that because it, it seems like every every city we've gone to, that's one of the questions that's come up to Doc Rivers before the game, and especially yesterday in Philadelphia, of course, when he was just bombarded with questions over how it ended in Philly and do you feel like you have something to prove? He's gotten that question a number of different ways, and each time he's dismissed it and said, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm coaching for a legacy or have anything to prove. I'm comfortable with who I am, yada, yada, yada. But Doc Rivers does. He's a competitor, and he knows what's being said about him, and and he knows he hadn't met his expectations when you think about Philadelphia and the Clippers. And, you know, he talked about it at his introductory press conference as well. There's nothing like winning that championship. And once you get it, that's all you want again. That's what he experienced in Boston. So, as much as he wants to say, no, that's that's not part of it. I'm just here to help the team. I do think that's a big part of this as well for Doc, that he said, look, I know what's said about me. I, I know what, what people outside of the game think my track record is, and, and I want to disprove that. And I think this is a team that gives me a very good opportunity to do so. You need to get outside your comfort zone to grow, right? And we forget that Drew, like there was upheaval in 2021 they brought in drew holiday and they were working on things throughout the season and they were losing these really close games to phoenix i remember right to fill it like these close yeah. games uh anyways justin you are our jam band correspondent on the show as well it's a very important role that you play i was not going to go to the sphere i decided when it was announced well you got some i've done i've done enough and and, and mentally it's not that i'm like it's money's not an issue like i could spend you know, I'm not, I don't have pennies in my wow. bank account. Whoa. I, whoa. Wow. Whoa. 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 I, gotta, I don't have I gotta, that much money. I gotta find a job where you are. A couple hundred bucks for a ticket. That's not the barrier. The barrier, the barrier was emotionally right. getting hyped up to buy the ticket, to plan the thing. So emotionally, that was my barrier, and I decided I'm not going to do it. I received a text on Sunday from someone who had plans to go with a friend. Friend dropped out. I am being tapped in. And now that mental, but somebody else cleared that mental barrier, that emotional barrier for me. Yeah. So now I am, I am going to go to the sphere and see Dead and Co. Uh, <laughs> oh, that. what was that? You cut out there. What was that? A couple hundred dollars for for the ticket. Where did you find that? Because the the packages that I saw. We're much more than that. No, you, you see what you're you're finding is the the all inclusive the dead the the thing. No, no, no. I it's 
It's like it was like less than three hundred bucks. This guy wants for the ticket that I'm paying him. He, I think he bought a bunch of them, and he was looking to flip. Um, so, so I, uh, I have a group of friends that are also pretty big fans, and we had talked about looking for tickets. But I'm in the weird spot where it's really not until the last what five shows, four or five shows oh, that I. Oh yeah have to at least keep part of it open of i i can't do uh, let's knock on wood may uh those shows because hopefully the bucks are playing and it's going to be impossible to get to vegas and then back to milwaukee for a game come on two days later so i gotta theoretically wait until the nba finals conclude so i am probably going to hunt for tickets but um it's tough because i do have a limit of all right i i can't justify going past this figure totally um and i, I know myself i'm gonna try to talk myself out of that figure given how good the tour was last summer so how could they top it but th- then again this building is like that's the thing a death st- exactly just the, to go to the building and they won't suck they can't possibly suck they can't right no they can't yeah i mean look it, there's also kind of, I don't know about a cheapness, but it, it's kind of a, uh, we were told last year was it. Sure. Uh, I know you left the door open of, doesn't mean we're done. We might do some special one-offs, but literally <laughs> 10 months later, it's all right, we're back. That's kind of interesting. Hmm. I suppose. We'll have to discuss this. Uh, it just worked out for me. That's the thing. It was, I didn't want to sit in the queue. I didn't want to do that. If someone walks up to me again, yeah. I'm not going to go buy a pack of cigarettes before going to the bar. But if I step outside and a friend at 1 a.m. is like, here is a cig, I will put it in your hand. I'm like, okay, sure. I'm like, whatever. You know, big deal. The same kind of principle applies here. Justin Garcia. Yeah, I mean, you did you did it the right way. I know that group of friends of mine, they unfortunately did not heed my advice. And I know a couple of them got tickets, um, but I believe they were sometime in May, which I was like, look, there's... I hope there's no chance I can make There better not be a chance. Otherwise, we'll have other problems. (laughs) Otherwise, you'll be coming on my show to talk about something that's not uh, maybe the end of Dead & Co. We'll be talking about the end of of maybe this era of Bucks or this look of this Bucks team. Could. I don't want to put that out there. Could. Justin Garcia, you are outstanding. I love hearing on the calls. Bucks talk excellent as always. Uh, You're great callers. You're great postgame coverage. Thank you so much for joining the show. You have an excellent night, my friend. Anytime. You too. Justin Garcia. The smirk on his face. I wish you could. We need to at some point get a video component to the show. At some point. Not anytime soon because I also kind of like to pick my nose during commercial breaks. But sometime soon. Feels like we got to do it. We'll come back. Wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. Love that guy, Justin Jack Straw Garcia. Bucks Radio Network. His postgame show is exemplary. Outstanding, always. Appreciate him joining the show and his colleague Dave Kane for jumping on with Bill Michaels earlier today. Hour three. So if you go find it in the podcast, and they're all labeled. The, uh, the person who does the, the labeling and the descriptions for the podcast, really, really good. Um, it's, it's me. So yeah, hour three, Dave Kane earlier today. Justin Garcia, appreciate him. Tomorrow, We'll have time to take some more calls. I want to talk a little more in depth about what's going on with the Brewers and the season that we're approaching. Yeah, and maybe we'll bitch about Craig Council too. Plus, who knows? College basketball, court could get stormed tonight. Maybe someone hurts themselves again, and then we'll get to talk about that tomorrow too. No, story will probably just die, and we'll never think about it or worry about it again. That would be my bet. Have an awesome night. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4.